We are Danny and Marcus Delalio, and welcome to Deep Diving Delalios. Well, welcome to episode three of Deep Diving Delalios. Episode three, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Today we are looking into Flight 77 and the Pentagon. But before we dive into that, thank you to our patrons. We wouldn't be here without you. We Especially one. We definitely wouldn't be here without her. Our mother. Yeah. Um, but thank you, Mama Ali, as well for your support. Um, but yeah, let's just dive into it. So I always feel like the Pentagon is kind of like this side quest. That's yeah. a bad way to say it. But like when you look at 9-11, the two towers are the symbols of 9-11. You know, never forget. That's what you always see every year mm. with the two towers. Or now you see the, the lights yes. that stand. Yeah. You um, never see the Pentagon, the you, field, or uh, World Trade Center 7. No. You don't see any of those. You don't see any of those. There's no mention of it at all. And whenever I think of the Pentagon in 9-11, I think of conspiracy theorists. Mm, yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. So we are definitely going to dive into a little bit of that. You know, we all watched the towers fall mm-hmm. that day, but there was no real footage of a plane hitting the Pentagon. And I think that's really what got people going because all of our eyes were on the Manhattan skyline. And then you hear... And, and then you just see smoke. You just mm. see smoke. You just see flames. You don't... And honestly, when you look at the OG footage that we were shown, oh. it doesn't look like there's a hole in the building of the Pentagon, I mean. What do you mean? Like, when you get when you actually look at, like, the news footage and stuff like that, it doesn't. So that's where a lot of conspiracy theories started to sprout out of. Well, I will say, so when I looked at the hole, there was several fo- um, photos I looked at this week. And mm. when I looked, there was one hole, and it's like, I can see people looking at that and saying, there's no way a plane hit that building. Yeah, the small but, one above the actual impact? Yes, yeah. and I think it, too, was, like, out the other side, because the plane went through the whole building. And the wing hit the ground, too, which a lot yes. of people don't know as well. So I think that also makes up for, like, the area, the space of it. And... Judicial Watch, which was a public interest group, um, filed a Freedom of Information Act in 2006. They requested a video that showed the plane hitting the Pentagon. And so that's that video we see is all because of Judicial Mm. Watch requesting it um, and where you can actually see the plane hitting the building. And I had actually, I don't know if I'd seen it or if I hadn't noticed until I watched a YouTube video this week of you can see it for a second. Yeah, for one frame. Legitimately for one frame, you can see the plane. Isn't it interesting, though, that we didn't have higher-tech cameras at that point in time in 2001 facing the Pentagon? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I feel like also, though, that footage that was released of the plane hitting the Pentagon, it almost fueled the conspiracy theorists even more, even though the hope was to have it die down. And I think that's because some people do believe a missile hit the Pentagon. So if you think about looking at at the footage that they shared, which mm-hmm. was essentially stop motion, if you've seen it, um, and if you're going to put it in, you're going to oh, put it in. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah, I will be putting it in. Yeah, mm, so, stop motion. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's literally frame by frame of, of what happened. Mm-hmm. But it's not, um, if you were to look at it on a much less quality screen as the PC or the Mac that we have sitting in front of us today, I could easily see being like, oh, that's a missile. Because there's no there's like no definition. Tube. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a metal tube that's flying into the building mm-hmm. and then there's an explosion. So, And we're going to get into the pilot of American 77. We're going to touch on all of this in this episode, so stick around. I do feel like, though, when we look into conspiracy theorists, it's hard. Because at some points you feel like it's 
it's hurtful to the victims. Mm. You know what I mean? It's harmful to the people that actually lost their lives that day. And I think a lot of people lose that when it comes to 9-11 and talking about conspiracy theories. It's also something that's like very, um, like it was 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, but it's still very raw subject matter to talk about because Mm. we lived through it. We were there. There are still victims' families alive today. There's still victims that are alive today from 9-11. So I just think we need to be cognizant of that. I always am one to question everything, look, you know, like research, 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 and don't just listen to us do your own research on this. But it is interesting. Going back to the to the victims and their families, this is not an indictment of them. Those are very real people and that either survived or did not survive on this really, really horrendous day. I do think when people say the planes weren't real, things like that, it's a disservice. Over three, and almost 3,000 people mm-hmm. lost their lives that day. And so, I'll, I'll actually get into why the planes were real from my oh. thing. So for Conspiracy Corner. But All right. So yes. Before we dive into Conspiracy, Marcus's Conspiracy Corner, let's talk about the event of the day concerning American 77. In the days before the attacks, several of the hijackers were actually stopped for speeding. Mohammed Atta of Flight 11, who we talked about in the first episode, he was the main pilot and the main terrorist over here that he was the ringleader of this whole operation. Um, he had a warrant out for his arrest on September 11th. Oh, yeah. And he was able to get on the plane? Yeah. I, what? <laughs> what? I know. What? Oh, my gosh. He's got a warrant. He can just leave the country. That's cool. Well, they, they were just going to L.A., but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but even still, he could have, like, just disembarked the plane and gone down to Mexico. Just, bye. Bye, guys. Isn't that yeah. wild? So, he had been ticketed for an invalid license. He'd never paid that ticket, because why would you? You're about to do 9-11. But also, why would you pack... Um, Check your luggage. Check your luggage. Why yeah. would you go to Portland the day before? A yeah. lot of questions about Flight 11. But anyways, he ignored it. He bench warrant out for his arrest at the time of the attacks. Okay. Hanny Hanjor, who would be the pilot for, and I'm so sorry if I am hurting these names. Yeah. I try my best. But Hani was pulled over on August 1st for driving 55 in a 30 mile per hour zone. Now, three weeks later, he would pay his $70 ticket. Buy mail, throw a money order, and $30 in court costs. I don't know why he paid it, Probably, but he paid he, it. He might have thought, I couldn't, I can't get on the plane. I can't get through security That's without... That's yeah. yeah. But it doesn't make much sense for... I don't know how to. Anyways, I'm sorry. It's weird that yeah. Ada didn't. It's so weird. <laughs> and then this I found kind of toned up. So a detective, a Jim Page for the Arlington... He was a police spokesman at the time. Anyways, he said, if the officer has a crystal ball and he could look forward into time, it would have been a good catch. Why did he say that? Like, obviously, there's nothing suspicious in this man's car. Like, no. It's just a speeding ticket. How but many the, times was Ted Bundy pulled over? But once again... I, Back to the first episode with that agent that checked Ada. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. This right. callback episode, and I you told know, you. I'm telling you, and we're going to touch on a new ticket agent this time. Oh, so, great. Uh, no, but this guy, this guy is chill, and he's okay. actually now a TSA member, which I think is interesting that he went from ticket agent to what happened that day, and now he works for the TSA. Very interesting. And I kind of been wondering, I flew in and out of Washington, Dulles so much. This would be where the plane um, flew out so much last year because that's where I flew in for the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. 
in and out, in and out of that airport. And you can tell they're a tight-knit family of people. Mm. There was one more terrorist pulled over for traffic violations, and we will touch on him in the next episode because he was believed to be the pilot of United 93. Now, two of the hijackers on this flight were the ones that the CIA had known about living in Southern California. So Nawaf al-Hazimi and Khalid al-Madhar. Okay. But wait, it's about to get crazy. You're oh, gonna gosh. you're gonna lose it. Okay, so Khalid Nidhar wasn't placed on a CIA watch list until August of 2001. You do not read forward I'm on sorry, this. I'm I sorry. need you to be. So, I need <laughs> his reaction on this. Okay. It's a lot because Marcus. I called mom yes or the other day when I was researching this, and I thought Marcus. You, I'll, I'll maintain eye contact with the audience. <gasps> even though they had attended an Al Qaeda seminar, which or summit, I didn't even know they had summits and seminars for Al Qaeda. But apparently, they attended a summit in Malaysia. Asia for Al-Qaeda in January of 2000, in, like, beginning of 2000, the CIA didn't care that they were here on American soil. Um, these two men also had a roommate in early 2000 in San Diego. Do you want to guess what part of our government was rooming with these two hijackers? Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> An FBI informant. Was their roommate. Just hanging out with them. He was their roommate, Marcus. He was their roommate. And they he were prayed roommates. with them and they were roommates. He prayed with them. He set up one of their bank accounts for them. And he claims he hasn't he had no idea what they were planning. But this is what's interesting. Remember in our first episode, callback episode, remember the CIA is aware these two guys are living in Southern they're they're living in San Diego. CIA is aware, okay? There, and then the FBI, remember at one point in our first episode, we talked about it. They called the CIA out and were like, hey, these guys are living in Southern California. Like, what do we do about it? And CIA was like, stay in your lane, like mind your own business. So why, if the FBI then knew about it, why was an informant living with them? But the informant would claim that he didn't know what was going on. And when their names were released to the media and he was like, oh, shit, those are my roommates. He contacted his like head guy. Hold on, I wrote it down. Let me just see. He contacted his case agent to say that they'd been his roommate. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you can live with a group of people for that long um, and not not read into some some strange happenings that are going around. I, I, I lived with a dude for like two months at uh, my first university. Um, we barely spoke a word to each other, but I can tell you like... A lot about that guy. But I, mean, I can tell you a lot. You could equate it to like there's women that are married to serial killers and don't know that their husband's a serial killer. <laughs> they always know. Just, it's weird. I mean, yeah, I get it, but at the same time, I mean, you would think like. Well, here's my conspiracy theory. I think maybe the FBI planted him. What do you mean? Well, because they knew that those guys were there, and the CIA was like, "Stay in your lane." And so they stayed in their lane, but they put their informant in there. That's what I wonder. Oh, okay. That's Because it's just too weird. It's it's really, it is a strange... With the two guys that our government was aware of. You you pick up this roommate, right? <laughs> and I, I'm still stuck on this. I'm sorry. But you pick up this roommate and you're like, okay. He believes the same things we do. Right? Because he prayed with he them. Prayed with he them. like did yeah. a bunch of other things, right? So you would think... Like, when I figure out that someone else believes similar to me... And he, they, they most likely didn't know he was an FBI informant. Well, definitely not. It's not, that's, not <laughs> that's not something you're just you like, you sit down. for rooming. 
yes, I earn six figures because I work for the FBI. Please. But no, like, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Because, like, you're, you're talking to somebody who apparently is of like mind of you, and you don't say anything. So September 10th, 2001, like I said, the Dulles Airport, it seems like they are a tight-knit group of people, right? There's a man named Vaughn Alex. He's a ticket agent we're going to talk about. So okay. the day before 9-11... He helps his friend, MJ Booth, he gives her advice on a trip to Las Vegas that she's taking. So she wants to know what's the best route for her to take. And he says the transcontinental from Dulles to Los Angeles is great. And then she can connect through to um, Las Vegas. So he said it was great because you can, you can watch a movie, you get a full meal, used to. Not anymore. Now, his friend MJ had actually worked for American Airlines for 45 years at that point in time. She was the secretary to American Airlines general manager at Dulles Airport. And she had actually begun working at the airport shortly after it opened. So she was like a fixture in that airport. Um, According to those who worked with her, she was the mother of the airport. She often took employees under her wing and helped them learn the airline business. And she was known as just MJ to everyone around her, except once a year at the annual Christmas party where she was known as Mrs. Claus. (laughs) Now, and her, actually her husband had died just a few months before 9-11 happened as well. So Vaughn advised her do that transcontinental flight and he actually wrote out her ticket for her. That same day, yeah, yeah. That same day, the hijackers of American 77 would check into the Marriott Residence Inn in Herndon, Virginia. Now, here's another very interesting thing. Note, all five of these terrorists were Saudi nationals. Yes. Okay. A prominent member of the Saudi government, Salih Abdul Rahman, was also staying at that same hotel that night. Interesting. So interesting. Now, this prominent member of the Saudi government was in the U.S. to meet with officials for several Saudi-sponsored charities. We're about to get into a little bit of the Saudi connection, supposedly, right? I personally believe there was a bit of one. (laughs) Because it's too weird. It's too weird. So according... To everyone, these men did not know each other. They did not meet that night. However, it is interesting to note that his SAR Foundation, which was named for him, it's his initials. It was a flagship corporation that represented charities, think tanks, all sorts of things, right? Now, his name would later be found on what's known as the Golden Chain. Now, this was a list uh, that was supposedly drawn up in 1988 of names seized by the Bosnian police in 2002 of Al-Qaeda supporters. And it featured 20 Saudi businessmen. Mm. He was one of them. His foundation was also a part of Operation Green Quest, which was a response to 9-11 by our government. It was an investigative unit that was formed as early as October of 2001. So immediately after it's formed, okay? Okay. It would later be criticized for anti-Muslim American prejudices and victimizing the Muslim community, and it would actually be disbanded in June of 2003. But they would seize over 500 boxes of files from SAR, this this charity that this man ran, or this foundation, but reportedly no incriminating evidence was found. I just think it's interesting to mention that Salih would stay there 
especially after just a couple days after 9-11, he returned to Saudi Arabia on September 19th as soon as that ban on international flights had been lifted. And there were several Saudi members of, like, the, the families, you know, mm. that were over there that were returned back home right after 9-11. And we will talk about that in a future episode. Yes, we will. But why, here's my question to them saying there was no connection to that or anything else. And this is something the 9-11 victims' families have been pushing for years. They actually want to sue the Saudi government. And mm. they are pushing, pushing, pushing to do so because there seems like there is a monetary connection. So what I don't understand, why would a prominent Saudi business member stay at this residence in? Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? Because they're rich. Yeah, very Extreme, rich. That's why we're still friends with them. Yeah, well, I mean, think about, I mean, dadgum, yeah. man. Like, yeah, well, I'm, yeah. yeah. I think there's even a clip of Donald Trump. I don't know if I can find it. But a few years ago, he said, like, the reason we are in partnership with them is monetary value. So Saudi Arabia has nothing to do with me. What does have to do with me is putting America first. Wait, 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 wait. They're buying hundreds of billions of dollars worth of things from this country. If I say we don't want to take your business, if I say we're going to cut it off, they will get the equipment, military equipment and other things from Russia and China. Russia and China would be very, very happy because right now we're doing very well against China. We're doing very well against everybody, including Russia. And I'm going to keep it that way. And I'm not going to tell a country that's spending hundreds of billions of dollars and has helped me do one thing very importantly, keep oil prices down so that they're not going to 100 and $150 a barrel. Right now, we have oil prices in great shape. I'm not going to destroy the world economy, and I'm not going to destroy the economy for our country by being foolish with Saudi Arabia. So I think the statement, wait a minute, I think the statement uh, was... Pretty obvious what I said. It's about America first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the deal. Yeah. And, I mean, it's understandable because they are, like, the economic powerhouse over there. But at the same time, in the future episode that we will get into, uh, there is an insane amount of of connection between the hijackers and not just the hijackers, um, but the mastermind behind the whole thing, Mr. Bin Laden. Yeah. So... Yeah. Now, on the morning of September 11th, Nawaf al-Hazimi and his brother, we've got another set of brothers here, Salem al-Hazimi, were running late for their flight, having only about 20 minutes to get on the plane before takeoff when they walked into Dulles Airport. What is with these guys? <laughs> Holy cow, man. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. What? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like I'm, I am so confused as to the piss poor planning when it comes to, to time management it. on like literally the biggest thing they will ever do. And, I know, and they're this just is like, their, this is the their life's goal, their life's purpose, and they are arriving so late. Yes, so late. It's All ridiculous. Of them. It, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and and that's not even the yeah flashback to the first one where they were just completely out of the same state that they were going to be flying. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Anyways, <laughs> so yes, their poor ticket agent is Vaughn Alex, that gentleman we talked about earlier. Okay, he's at the desk and he said to one of his co workers, 
just look, these men are going to be trying to board a, this flight. Because he knew it was for American 77. And he's like, I can tell by the way they're walking in here, they are so late for their flight. <laughs> so he says, the check-in was odd. The two that I checked in, two brothers, one was kind of gruff. And the other one was standing a couple paces behind him. And this sounds odd, but this is what caught my attention. He was almost dancing. He was moving from foot to foot and grinning and looking around. And my thought was, here's somebody that's never been on a plane before. And boy, is this guy excited. And I kind of watched him for a couple of minutes as we went through the whole check. And he was totally unresponsive as far as whatever we asked him to read and to look verbally. So this is the same as those other guys. Mm-hmm. Like he's, They're not responsive to what the ticket agents are asking them for security questions, this, that's, which is interesting. He just smiled and danced and was oblivious to what was going on. That's the image I have, is the two of them standing there and one just dancing. It was the oddest thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just clearly a very jovial kind of guy. (laughs) 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 Like, what? Well, I mean, I get it, right? Like, he's he's probably jacked up on nerves. Yeah. Like, he's probably freaking out. You know what? When I I was reading the script through with my mom, because just like my old show that I did, I always read these scripts through with my mom. Just her mom. Just mom. Yeah. And not not yours. Not mine. But when I was reading it through with mom, um, she said maybe he was on drugs, too. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's why. He also might have been just, I mean, this is his. Yeah, this is the biggest thing he'll ever do. But I mean, like, when you, when we. If we're going to talk any about the war on terror, um, there was a large proportion of fighters over there, not our guys, but their guys, who were um, chewing on a root. It's called cat, K-H-A-T. Yeah. And it's supposed to give, like, like better qualities to a fighter, and that basically just means that they don't feel fear. Interesting. Yeah, but it kind of treats you a little bit like meth because you get real hopped up on it. Um, But maybe it also... um, stops you from like feeling pain as well so that's why like special operations groups were going to 45 caliber because it was killing people faster because they needed it they needed an instant kill because if they didn't get it they would still continue to come at them and and shoot them and stuff yeah Yeah. vaughn had a moment where he was like okay i'm just gonna book them on the noon flight you know Mm because like you know but then they booked full fare first class tickets so they paid like a shit ton of money for these tickets. So he thought, what the hell? I'll put them through. But because they couldn't answer those security questions properly, that he was like, okay, I'm going to put extra security notice on their, their tickets. Um, but that's, you know, he let them go through. And that's something that he's said in multiple interviews he's had a really hard time dealing with. And he took a lot of blame for mm-hmm. until the 9-11 commission came out. And he said something in that commission made him realize that no matter what, it was going to happen. Yeah. One of the brothers, when they go through the security, he sets off the metal detector. Mind you, the box cutters were legal. That's something, um, on one of my TikToks, we talked about Muhammad Atta going through and having to do the two security checkpoints. A lot of people said that he booked, okay, so in our first episode, call back, um, for whatever reason, Muhammad Atta, we still don't know fully why, went to Portland, Maine the day before on September 10th, had to fly with a connecting flight from Portland, Maine to Boston, Logan to get on that flight. I find it interesting. So many people were like, well, because Portland would have had lax security. That can't be the reason because there were eight other hijackers that flew out of Boston Logan that day. For and United he still had to, and he still had to go through security a second time. And he still had to go through security a second time. So I don't know, but they say like, maybe he didn't know he had to go through security a second time. 
but still it doesn't eight other hijackers had to go through Boston Logan and security was very lax at that point in time and the box cutters that they carried on board were legal were completely legal you could legal. have at least four inches I believe mm. um, with you like, which like blade. four inches is a lot a lot That's and that's more than anybody would need on a flight <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Talking about knives here. Knives. Get your minds out of the gutter, guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bringing it back to this horrible day in American history, because we have been told that we laugh too much. We're laughing at each other yeah. and nerves. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is this is not over the attack. We are not this laughing not at the attack. This is not about 9-11. This is about Marcus being a jackass. Yes. Vaughn wouldn't realize until the next day that he had checked into with those hijackers when the FBI was in their office ready to talk to them, and he realized, shit. I did. Yeah. You know, I let them through. Unfortunately, he knew every crew member on that plane just, you know. Yeah. Very you you would know, like, everyone involved. Mm -hmm. If you were a ticket person or security, you would know everyone. So American 77 was scheduled to depart Washington Dulles for Los Angeles, again, that transcontinental flight for the jet fuel, at 810, but it would take off at 820. It carried 58 passengers and five hijackers. Among the 58 passengers was a select group of school children and their three teachers. I know. Man, that sucks. Oh. What were they going for? Are you going to get into that? Yeah, so okay. they were going into an ecology program. They'd been selected. It was just three students. They had been specially selected from the Washington Public Schools to go to the National Geographic. Um, well, so they were going to study ecology beside National Geographic research. Man, that would have been so cool, too. Yeah. Man, this shit sucks. I'm just going to say it. And I just want to put their names out there because I have never heard of them before. So Asia, Bernard, and Rodney were all chosen select to participate in this, and they were all just 11 years old at the time. Damn. I know. Also aboard the flight was Barbara Olson. Now she was an American lawyer and conservative television host commenter. So she's one of those, you know, talking heads. Um, she had worked for CNN, Fox News, several other outlets. She also authored a book on Hillary Clinton. She was scheduled to be on Bill Myers, um, politically incorrect that night, and she'd originally been scheduled to fly out of Washington on September 10th, but her husband, Ted Olson, who we're going to get into in a little bit, he his birthday was September 11th. I know. Holy. So she wanted to wake up with him, so she stayed one more day. I know. Now and, and going once again, call back to the first episode. It just really started to piss me off thinking about it. Um, everybody complains about you know, well, if Seth Meyer got on the plane, we wouldn't oh, have Seth, Family Guy. Oh, Seth we wouldn't so, have Family yeah, Guy. Seth, yeah, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. if he'd gotten so, on American Eleven, like but he was supposed to. you had three eleven-year-old kids, three eleven, who were going to study ecology alongside National Geographic scientists, mm -hmm. who would have done a hell of a lot more for the world than. <laughs> Seth ever <laughs> would. I know. Hot, <laughs> Hot take over here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Man. It sucks. So at 8.46, at the time that American 11 struck the North Tower, American 77 had reached its cruising altitude of 35,000 feet. And I think it's interesting to note the footage here because of how quickly everything happens. Holy cow, yeah. Now this one, it seems like it took the longest to get hijacked because the other two were hijacked during... Um, the service mm -hmm. but this one it doesn't seem like that's what happened because at 851 it would transmit its last routine communication the 9-11 commission report believes that the hijacking began in the following three minutes as by 854 they had already deviated from their course 
and they would turn their transponder off like immediately like they just went missing in the sky and at that point in time they're under indianapolis air we're gonna get into that in a minute but indianapolis had no idea that there were was were flights being hijacked in new york air they had no clue. Mm-hmm. So they thought, oh, shit, we've got an emergency because they've just disappeared. They didn't get the we have some planes. They didn't get any, like, warning yeah. like the other two, right? It was just they're gone from our airspace. So we need – they actually contact Langley for search and rescue. Yeah. Not because they think that we're under attack. We've you, you lost would, an airplane. Yeah, you would probably assume it just went down. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. at one point in time, they just stopped looking for it in the air because they're like, we've lost an airplane. Dang. Unlike the other two flights, there was no report from the passengers or the crew of mace or stabbings. However, one passenger reported that the hijackers were carrying box cutters, and one of them had come over the intercom to tell the plane that they had been hijacked. So they're aware that this is going on, unlike American 11. Mm-hmm. And then that's what makes sense to me, like looking back on it, remember with American 11, um, Muhammad Ada had radioed, said we have some planes, and the cabin didn't hear it. He accidentally radioed air traffic control. And then with the last flight that we looked at, United 175, they were talking about storming the cockpit, and they were, but they, it was just too late, you know, for them to do anything. Um, but they, in talking about all of this, I wonder if that was, for whatever reason, part of their plan to alert the passengers that you've been hijacked. Stay in your seats because at that point in time it was usually for monetary gain, like mm-hmm. a hostage situation. So yeah, trying so to keep them calm that way, maybe a hostile know. takeover would only lead to somebody trying to get back into the co- cockpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, for a, a routine hijacking, you would just wait, wait it out, wait for the plane to land, wait for the money to exchange hands. At nine twelve, thirty-nine-year-old Renee May, a flight attendant on board who was also pregnant at the time and engaged, called her mother in Las Vegas and asked her to report American Airlines to American Airlines that her plane had been hijacked. So between nine sixteen and nine twenty-six, Barbara Olson would call her husband Ted Olson at his new office. So he had actually just gotten a job as the Solicitor General. And when his assistant came into his office, he was actually relieved to hear that it was his wife on the phone because he had seen the planes hit the tower. I know. Man. So, because they had the television on, they were watching it, mm-hmm. they knew they were under attack. When he picked up the phone, she told him, our plane is being hijacked. She described the all-too-familiar scene to us now of what was going on in the plane. They were all being forced to the back of the plane by the hijackers, just like the other two flights. Her first call with Ted was cut off, and he immediately called the Justice Department's command center, where they knew nothing about this hijacking. Yeah. Yeah. She called him back a second time, and her last words to him were, what do I tell the pilot to do? So I feel like, too, she was, we're in that state of mind where we think they need anything. And he would say in later interviews, he's done a lot of interviews about it. He's also a prominent figure. He's a lawyer, talking head, all of that. Um, and they, they really were well-suited to anyone that talked about this couple. They were well-suited for each other. And um, he said she was calm. She was collected. He had told her that the towers had been hit. And so she was aware, and he said it never, it didn't bring her to hysterics or anything. She was, she was going to fight, you know. Mm-hmm. American 77 would fly at treetop level. Dude seeing how close that thing comes to the ground to the ground they were it was hitting light posts it's wild yeah and at one point in time like they're at seven thousand feet i meant i meant to mention that earlier when we were talking so you think they went from thirty thousand. they must have dived down 
Yeah. Like, because, okay, let's look at the time. Like, they were being hijacked where it began around 8.54. So they hit at... How did I not put the time down? Hold on, let me Google. Even with how fast they went down, that led into one of the first big conspiracies of the Pentagon. That um, with how fast they went down and leveled out, mm-hmm. that the G-force inside of the plane would have been around 10 Gs. Oh, you would have been getting sick and everything Well, else. you would have died at 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you are if you don't have a compression suit on or anything like that, you would die. Really? But with actual further scientific like diving into it, you start mm-hmm. to realize that, no, the G-force was only around, I think, 3 or 4 Gs, um, which still is rough. You're still going to get sick from that, um, but if you... I mean, you're not going to, like, completely faint or have your organs rupture or anything like 10 Gs would do if you don't have a suit on. So, yeah. They hit at 9.37 a.m. Dang. Yeah, they sunk that plane, man. Mm-hmm. It killed all 64 people on board and eventually 125 people in the Pentagon. I think it's interesting that an article I read just days following 9-11, said that American 77 was originally headed to the White House, but last minute changed directions. And that's been the widely reported thing, that it was en route to the White House, whether they realized it or not, and then swapped over because they were going to scramble the F-16. So suddenly in airspace, it was Dulles air traffic control again, because we're going back to Washington. Mm. So Dulles recognizes this plane coming in. They don't realize it's American 77. They just know that a plane is coming high speed toward Washington. And so they immediately call, um, they call Reagan airport first and foremost, who then calls over to um, the national guard and they send up, a C-130H yeah. to so the, track the plane. If you've ever played um, a, uh, Modern Warfare 2, it's the AC-130. Okay. Yeah, so it's the big, big plane. It's usually it's used a as a gunship. I think they call it or whatever. In Canada, yeah. Okay. They, they call it a Hercules in Canada, and then... Um, but it's the big it's the big gunship, but it can also be fitted with other, like, um, radio and... Uh, satellite tracking and stuff like that so i think it's interesting because i didn't realize that a national guard pilot was sent up to identify and follow it and they did they identified and they followed it and they identified it as the boeing 70 757 obviously they didn't know what you know 77 but um at 9 38 just seconds after impact the pilot would report to washington tower it looks like that aircraft crashed into the pentagon sir man i know it's like Oh gosh! Imagine being that pilot, I know. being like, "Oh, oh!" And he can't, he can't do anything about it. Mm-mm. He wouldn't have had any any uh, munitions loaded up. I know. So you just watch it happen, and it's almost like, what's the point of sending him up at mm-hmm. that point in time? You know what I mean? So just to, like touch on because I kind of I went over my notes because I just found it so interesting. But Indianapolis Air loses American seventy seven. Right? They don't see it in their airspace. The transponder's been turned off, and they've dove underneath right Mm -hmm. so they don't see it and they didn't know what was happening in new york city so they don't think that the plane's been hijacked they're calling langley to get a search and rescue out because they think the plane has gone down well they then realize um at 9 20 that there were other hijackings that had occurred and so now they're like oh it wasn't a technical failure or a mechanical failure that happened to american 77 so they start trying to locate them again fearing it's a hijacking american dispatch jim mcdonald indianapolis center did you get a hold of american 77 by chance no sir but we have an unconfirmed report the second airplane hit the world trade center 
Yeah, super high stress situation that is happening right now. It is developing right now, and there's a complete breakdown in communication. Yes, and there was no bulletin sent to the FAA at the time to search for a plane in the other airspace because they assumed that that plane had been downed. They did not realize. Yes, and it had traveled undetected for 36 minutes. Holy cow. That's a long time. That's like an eternity. Yeah. Yeah. NORAD never heard about the search for American 77 that had gone on. I know. And at that point in time, they still believed that American 11 was airborne. Remember, we touched yes. on that in the last episode. Um, thinking he was in New Jersey airspace and was hijacked as well. They thought that that was the third aircraft hijacked compared to the two that had hit the towers, not realizing American 11 had already hit the first tower. Uh the 9-11 Commission report was never able to identify a source of this mistaken information of who, who said American 11 was still in the air. Because at that point in time, air traffic control knew it wasn't. Yeah. So I don't know where the military got that. They don't either. They have no, no idea. And it's, and it's a panic. Like, it, yeah. everything's happening so quickly. Mm-hmm. But and this is why we train for this stuff now. So the first notice to the military that American 77 was missing came at 934. 37s when it hit the Pentagon. Yeah. Or 38. Shortly after impact, the military would believe that Delta 1989 was the fourth hijacked plane. It was not hijacked, and we'll talk about that in the next episode. Now, there is belief that there were five planes Mm. supposed to be hijacked that day, and we will also talk about that fifth plane in the next episode. Dan Elwell was an Air Force Reserve and at least once a month, co-piloted American 77. He did not bid September 11th because he was scheduled for a promotion ceremony at, of all places, the Pentagon. Did it get him? Did not get him. Oh, my gosh. I know. So that morning, just like the rest of the world, he turns on his TV, his family's there, everything, and they see that we're under attack. So at 9.37, he calls the Pentagon. This is a quote from an article I read about him. I just happened to call them at that time to ask my office, with all this going on, are we still having the ceremony? And he answered that as far as he knew, it hadn't been canceled. It was still on the general schedule. And then another explosion happened. I could hear it from the phone. And he let out a scream and basically dropped the phone. He went downstairs, told his wife, his parents, and said, I think a plane has hit the Pentagon. And five minutes later, the news cameras were all on the Pentagon. Holy cow. Yeah. He knew everyone on that crew. They were all like family to him. He said, in my mind, Chick, the pilot that died, was gone long before the plane hit the building because he never would have let that happen. And I think that's true of all the crews. Dang. So let's start getting a little bit into 
the conspiracy corner. So on September 10th, <laughs> in a Pentagon briefing, the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, which is an interesting character in and of himself. He's been quoted saying a lot of things, but he was quoted as saying that the Pentagon budget was missing $2.3 trillion. Have you looked into this at all? I was going to save it for a later episode. Were you? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's odd. I was going to go into it at the same time, like looking into what stocks were shorted on September the 10th, too. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll get a little bit more deep into it. I do want to say on this, from what I saw of it, I actually watched his entire address. It's over 30 minutes long. You can find it on C-SPAN. It's very boring. Very boring. <laughs> if you ever really want to go to sleep, turn on C-SPAN. Turn on C-SPAN. Holy cow. Oh, do, does the public really need to know? Yeah. No, but basically, <laughs> so if you, if you go to any site that's, like, trying to debunk the 9-11 conspiracies or anything, it just says that... Um, it was taken out of context, which kind of is true, kind of isn't. I mean, to say that the Pentagon's missing $2.3 trillion is wild. That's that's it's wild. But I will say the, the tone of his speech isn't this exactly. The tone of his speech is the bureaucracy of the Pentagon wasn't working and they needed to tighten up because they were missing money. Uh, time is being wasted. 15 people have to go through him, go through each other to get to him when he thought that was ridiculous, things like that. So I will also say there are, this was mentioned before. This is not the first time. It wasn't like on September the 10th, the American populace was told we're missing $2.3 trillion. No, they knew Mm. that in the 90s that we are missing $2.3 trillion, which is ridiculous. Um, But there was a law in effect since 1992 that requires annual audits of all federal agencies, and the Pentagon alone has never complied. It's because they got aliens. It instead annually reports to Congress that its books are in such a disarray that an audit would be impossible. I I really wish I could do that. I'm telling you, this year, IRS, if you audit me, I'm telling you that my books are just in too much of a disarray. We can't do an audit this year. Yeah, you're just going to have to push it back for another 20, 30, 40 years, 30 years right now. That was 1992? 92. 31? 31 years? 31 years. Yeah. So you can push it back another 31 years just for me, baby. wild. And keep in mind, over 20% of our federal budget goes to our military. Yes. Yeah. We have the strongest military in the world because we we feed it money constantly. But their books are in such disarray they can't even be audited. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my entire life. And... The conspiracy theorists, I couldn't find anything documenting this, so put it in the put it in the comments if you can find it. But they'll say that um, where the plane hit the Pentagon exactly is where the documents were that hit the two point three trillion. <laughs> that's not funny, but like, how how would the how would how? No, and that's where you start to get things like, well, it was a missile. It was guided to that. A point, guided missile right? to the point of yeah yeah. yeah. This isn't really a conspiracy, but on September 12th, I did want to mention that Khalid Al-Madhar's Toyota Corolla was found in Dulles International Airport parking lot. We kind of touched on this in the first episode, Mm. what was found inside, but they found that handwritten letter that Ada had given him of, like, the night before what they were doing. Um, Like, they had to shave themselves a certain way, pray a certain way, all of that, and also all 19 hijackers' names, which was just so perfect for our government to know i'm just saying this is weird to me that you these letters 
detailing out their motives, their mission, all of this is just available immediately after. Especially the one that made it out of United 93's wreckage, just totally pristine. That is interesting to me. But they also found a check made out to the Phoenix Flight School, which I think is not funny, haha, but like funny because like were they was he hoping they'd send it off afterwards? It's not funny. What? I mean, say what you will. <laughs> about these men. About these men, about the horrible atrocities they did. But they never left bills unpaid. Well not well Ada did, but Otta not, did, not yeah. Hani. No. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. got it. <laughs> it's yeah. the weirdest thing. What? I know, I know. They also found maps of the DC and New York area. Okay. So that makes sense. Four drawings of the Boeing seven five seven cockpit. So that makes sense and a box cutter yeah the cockpit makes sense and the box cutter kind of makes sense just kind of leaving one behind yeah weird but like oh whoops forgot it forgot it at home that one i also will say on the conspiracy let's just get into conspiracy corner here's my take on this okay so honey hand drawer he took flight lessons he's supposedly the pilot doesn't fit my small head my head's big Okay, so he took flight lessons over in Scottsdale, where he was described as a poor flight student. Okay? Yeah. He was able to take off and land, but not skilled at any other flight maneuvers. And then he flies at treetop level. This is hot, by the way. Oh, it's very warm, yeah. Flies at treetop level into the Pentagon. Yeah. Just zooming. At like 500 and something miles an hour? 500 and some odd miles an hour. I think 530. Mm. Just going. It's weird. That's, yeah, yeah. So that's my, that's, that's a weird, that's a weird thing. I'll give it to you. Mm. Um, I will say too, we talked about this a little last night at dinner. So my response to that was, now mind you, I need to look into it more, but Sky King. Yeah. So Sky King, if you don't know, was Richard Russell. He's known on the internet as Sky King. He was 29 years old. He stole an airplane from Seattle, like SeaTac. Yeah, it was, a, it was an Air Alaska flight yes. that he took. And he was able to take off, which is mind-blowing. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and he had done this as it was he was going to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was an employee at the airport, stole the plane, if you don't know. And he was doing wild moves in the air yeah. and had never flown a plane. Meanwhile, these men are trained pilots so that it is interesting to me that if a 29 year old kid i mean mind you these guys were kids too mm. i'm not sure how old Danny was but we know that one of them was 20 years old yes so yeah. i don't know that's my response to that is apparently it's not as hard as we think to fly a plane <laughs> if you've flown a few simulators but when it, do it when it comes when it comes down to it um sky king was getting a lot of communications from the military when he was up um a couple of fighter jets were scrambled uh to escort him they were going to shoot him out of the sky um understandable because of the events here um and they were going to you're gonna hurt no and once they figured out that the flight was empty that's when they really started to talk to him and they were like hey you know what's going on and that's when he said you ever listen to his recordings? I've listened to some. It's, it's very so sad. sad. Very sad. It's so sad. Um, that's when they start talking to him and they try to talk him out of what he's doing. And they tell him they can instruct him how to land and stuff like that. Which mm-hmm. is true. You can, like, to a lot of people's credits, if you are um, on, on the horn with a 
very skilled pilot or somebody who works in air traffic, more than likely they can get you at least on the ground again and alive. Like that's the the bare minimum. The Maybe plane might yeah, be the the plane's probably going to be totaled, but they can probably get you on the ground. Um, which is when uh, he starts asking like, how can this thing do a barrel barrel roll? The other pilot wanted to know, did he mean sideways like that, or did he mean like big up over yourself? And he said, um, I want to go back over myself. And he says, well, you're going to need to climb to this height. And he got him. He climbed him to that height and everything, got him to, to do the roll and stuff, because he thought complying with him, he might go ahead and try to land it. Um, and then he eventually just put it into the ground. But um, it was really sad. But all that to say, he was talked through it by someone who was trained to fly. Fly an incredibly hard to fly aircraft, mm-hmm. um, and commercial fl- commercial airliners don't necessarily want to stay in the sky, quote unquote, like a Cessna does. Um, but no one was talking these people through it, and and I know for well, when I was landing in Darwin, Australia, we almost hit the treetops, and that was one of the scariest flights of my entire life. But that Australian pilot was just having the time of his life. Um, yeah, no, this is, when you when you watch the video and how fast they're coming in and how low they were coming in, and um, they hit uh, five, five light poles. Oh, man. The first one they just took off, um, so like, you know those steps up the side of it? Um, like up the, the side of the light pole? Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. like the little, the little metal bars. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just oh. took, they took one off. Oh. Just one. And then on the next one, they nicked the second light pole with the uh, wing. On the third one, they took one out entirely. Fourth one and fifth one, they took those guys out too. They hit a tree right in front of the Pentagon, and then that's when they hit the that's when they hit the um, thing. And I think that's when one of the wings dipped, because the leading theory right now is that when they hit that tree, the turbine sucked a bunch of the branches into it, which meant that. It started to dip, oh. and then they realized they were losing speed, and they gunned they it. Yeah, Awful. yeah, that's why they like sped up really, really quickly. And then there's a couple other things if you want me to get into it. Yeah, let's let's dive into what. Well, like I, because I do understand not understanding how they hit the Pentagon. Also, just real quick before we dive into yours, I don't understand why they hit the Pentagon. I understand that that's supposed to be our military force, so it's a symbol of our military. Mm-hmm. But a plane is not going to do that much damage like it would to a skyscraper. No, you and know it's... what I mean. And a skyscraper, when we get into the Twin Towers, those usually housed—not housed, but on a usual workday between forty to like sixty thousand people. So they were aiming high. They were not hoping for under three thousand to die that day. They wanted tens of thousands to die that day. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting to me that they hit this weird looking building yeah. that's not gonna do much damage. That also was under construction in that area at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I can understand hitting the Capitol, which is what we believe United 93 was going to. We don't know that 100% because that is a, a, a huge symbol, that dome. You, yes. You see it. I can get that because that, that represents it's a the symbol. psyche. It's yeah. a symbol. Um, I can see hitting the White House because it's a symbol. Mm-hmm. The Pentagon, I don't feel, is that strong a symbol. And also, you're not hitting much on the top. Like, a lot of it's underground. Yeah. So you're getting, like, okay, a couple office workers. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a couple office workers. And, like, if you did any research at all, you would know that the majority of it is underground. Yeah, that's we- it's weird. So, I like, don't get it. These conspiracies I gathered from a website uh, called 911truth.org. Excellent. Um, and when I first found it, because, okay, here's the terrifying part. Hear me out. This is a conspiracy in and of itself. 
do me a favor, those watching at home, and type into YouTube or Google 9-11 conspiracy. 9-11 conspiracy theory. 9-11 theory. I'm going to do it. You're going to get just a lot of things debunking those things. You're not going to get... That was weird to me, too. When I was looking, because I wanted to know a couple things like I was talking about earlier on here. Yes. And it was all just like debunked yeah debunked That's and it was weird. and it was all it was all the official story that was mm-hmm. debunking those things with no mention of the book 911 commission the commission yeah, yeah there was, with no mention no of the source no and no sources on, on any of them aside from hey bush said it and it's like yeah and the donald rumsfeld thing i had to dig for that law mm. because they kept saying like oh no that's been debunked and in the 90s they talked about it anytime you look up any of the um kind of buzzwords around uh, conspiracy or anything like that for nine for nine eleven, um, you are only met with things that are reciting the official story um, and not talking about the commission or anything like that. So, and we are going to go through because the commission is flawed. Yes, I mean you look at any commission, the Warren Commission. You look at any commission that our government has done on itself. It's flawed. So don't worry. It's not like we're sitting here and saying like. The commission's a be-all, end-all. Yeah. Well, the first theory that we've talked about a little bit uh, is the the missile. A missile hit a building. Um, or hit the building. Hit a building. Just a random building. Uh, <laughs> definitely not the Pentagon. Just a random building. No. Uh, that a missile hit the building. Um, like I said, the video, it's a frame at a time. And if you're watching it, um, when it originally came out on one of those older computers, the fidelity is not as high. Um, it's going to look really unclear. And you're just going to see a metal tube hit a building with an explosion. You automatically would just assume, if you didn't know anything about it, that that would probably be a bomb or a missile. We now know that it was a plane. Um, it was flying incredibly low. Mm-hmm. We've already been over that. Um, hit all those um, obstacles on the way down. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's the, the theory of the plane just not existing. I know. That one's a weird one for me. Like, the planes didn't exist at all. I can understand the people that think there's the remote-controlled aspect of it. Yeah. The plane's just not existing at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't make any sense because, like I said, on uh, (laughs) 911truth.org, I went onto that website thinking, okay, this it's going to be a bunch of crackpots, right? It's going to be a bunch of conspiracy theorists. And we'll talk about that in a second. It's going to be a bunch of conspiracy theorists who don't really have much of a grasp on reality. When I actually was watching it, I was t- just today actually before I came over, I was watching a panel uh, discuss the events of the Pentagon, um, and this was all mathematicians, physicists, like uh, aerospace engineers, like all these people, um, and a few of them were denouncing statements that they had made in the past about this. Um, where one of them, uh, he was an uh, he was a, a physicist, and he had stated the whole thing about going down and them writing themselves, and it would have been ten Gs or greater. Right, which would have bursted a bunch of organs and stuff. Yeah, it killed them. Yeah, but now when he was actually looking at the real flight path and he was trying to make sense of it, he realized that no, that that is not what would have happened. That's not what did happen. Um, so he was he was saying that hey, I'm wrong. This was wrong. I said this, you know, like a decade ago now. Um, but I'm just here to tell you that I'm wrong. Really, really big of him. Actually, all these people were like really like just mature. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a Q and A section at the end of it, which was just. <laughs> But Wait, I always... can you imagine the people that would go to something like that? Like, yes. The, the questions would be bananas. Yeah, yeah. There was one that was talking, yeah, he was asking, he well, was stating that the planes didn't exist. Um, and the the guy that was, like, the head guy in the panel was like, um, uh, they did exist. 
<laughs> he's like, I'm, at one point, he said, I'm not even going to humor you anymore. And just, wow. to, yeah, told him to go away, which is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, so there's also the theory of the planes existing or the plane existing along with all the passengers. But there was a missile underneath the plane in the storage compartment. Um, I've never heard this. Oh, dude. And along with that, <laughs> oh, along dude. with that theory, there is the, the theory that there was, um, that the plane had the missile in its storage compartment, but it was a flyover mission. So they dropped the, the missile as they flew over. And then, then what happened to the people inside? Because I couldn't find out why that happened either. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take this off. I feel like a baked potato. It's my head's, hot. My head is baking. Um, so, with this missile underneath the plane in the compartment, uh, fly over, and that the plane touched down sometime later. That's what's always used. The plane touched down sometimes later. They never state whether it crashed, whether those people are alive, whether there were people at all. So, anyways... Um, Interesting. And uh, the theories, a lot of the theories, are based off of the original photos and the original news that was shown. Because, like I said, and I'll send you some pictures that you can use, um, you can't see the actual damage that the plane did in the first the first photographs and the first videos. Looking at it with a clear mind today, I looked at it and I said, I can see why somebody would think this was a bomb. Mm. Because, especially in the really famous one where it's a helicopter overhead... Taking the video down, there is a fire truck spraying water up into the second story. It is obscuring the whole bottom floor where that plane hit. Oh. And the only thing you can see is that little hole. Mm. Um, and the hole's only like 8 by 10. So it's, a, it's really small in comparison to the plane. And then when the smoke clears and everything like that, the other pictures that you're actually able to find will show you that there's like a 150-foot hole through the bottom of this of this place and aerial shots will also show you that it just goes almost straight through mm-hmm. um anyways like i said um those guys on the panel were super super cool um and they were just like hey um we didn't have all the information we apologize to anybody that we've you know done wrong or anything like that um and then one of the biggest deals was the fact that the flight recorder was found the black box was found shut up yes i didn't know that however it was only the memory component that was found. Only okay. So when you look at a, like a flight recorder, it's a it's a dome thing, and then two sticks kind of coming it's off. It's also of it. orange. It's not black. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, and it's orange because they want to be able to visualize it in a in a plane crash. And the, in the wreckage. So because we're we're dealing with '90s technology, um, <laughs> it was big, uh, and it's a dome, and then it has like two sticks that are parallel coming off of it okay those things up there are writing the memory this down here is storing the memory so they were only able to find get the last 30 minutes of that flight they didn't get because when i was researching it it only it only tracks 30 minutes like at a time and then it writes over itself or whatever yes yeah didn't get everything and that was that was one of the bigger reasons that all of these conspiracy theories started coming up because it was like well if it's you know if it's that big of a deal then just show us the, the the flight logs they couldn't. They physically could not show mm. the flight logs, um, and they still can't because it's gone. It's gone forever. Um, really, really depressing. But very depressing. Yeah. So if you ever have the opportunity, it's odd that a website called 911truth.org would have such <laughs> mature people on it. Um, <laughs> but like I said, it's very interesting when you go back to the the idea of what is a conspiracy theorist. What is a conspiracy? Um, when you start talking about that. The term was originally coined in like 1912 um, for an author in a book, um, and it was never really used in popular culture until immediately after the assassination of JFK. 
We were talking about this at dinner the other night. That's why I don't look surprised. At dinner, I, yeah. like, my mouth, like, fell open. I was like, are you kidding me? So, the so basically, something that our government, our media, really threw out there to kind of get people away from the fact that something was weird when JFK was killed. Very weird. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, which, by the way, let's just get it. Like, we're all adults here. Um, if you're not an adult, you shouldn't be watching our videos first off. But we're all adults here, so let's all just come to an agreement. Three, two, one. JFK was killed by the CIA. We all agree on that, I right? I mean, he was killed by someone. I, uh, yeah. I firmly believe it was our own government that killed him. Anyways, oh, so the, the idea of the conspiracy theorist was, it, it's a lot like, and I mean, you can kind of see it happen in real time, um, not to get into to modern day stuff or anything, but you can kind of see it happen in real time where someone sees something that, hey, there's something wrong with, with what's going on. Let's take the JFK assassination. There's something wrong with going on with what's going on. They start to tell their friends. Their friends start to tell their friends. Mm-hmm. It's an idea that starts to grow. And then what are they going to do? Well, they have to squash it. What is the best way to squash that? Lump them in with the people that think that um, the government is made out of reptiles. Yeah. Lump them in with the people that think that vaccines cause autism. Lump them into, like, with those people that are so out to lunch yeah. that there's no way for them to possibly come back. Which, by the way, if you ever look into the study that was done um, of vaccines and autism, mm-hmm. it's a headache and it's... It's really, really good. There's a, another YouTuber, I can't remember his name, uh, that did a really good uh, video on that. Um, but the best way to do it is to ma- basically make you sound crazy. Because once they get you in the insane asylum, you can't talk your way out of there, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But that, that's my whole thing as far as the, the conspiracies. You, when you start to lump in, like, 9-11 conspiracy, conspiracy you, you start to think, okay, well, those are the type of people, like I said, that think that, like, the planes didn't exist and everything else. And But yet, when I posted my video on what Muhammad Otto was doing on September 10th, I had several people tell me to stop looking into conspiracies. And yes. He physically was in Portland, Maine. That is documented. There are secure, there's security footage. He went to Pizza Hut. He Dang went it. to Pizza Hut. <laughs> My man went to we went to Wally World. Yeah. Like like so, it's interesting. And then that's where knowledge is power. That's where do your own research. That's where everything comes in because a lot of people, even though this happened 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago. Don't know what happened on 9-11. No, they heard they heard what the media reported, and they uh-huh. believed that, and they did not look any, any further into it, which is ridiculous to me. It's, and it's why we're doing this, just honestly for our own curiosity, but, like, this has been, yeah, no. wildly interesting. And speaking as, as someone who is, I am a man of faith, right? Um, went to school to try to become a theologian, as it were. <laughs> um, even I question absolutely everything that's put in front of me you should and you 100% should like this is there's nothing on earth that is too sacred to question you should Mm -hmm. the second you get an official story you should look at who wrote that story who do they work for why are they writing that story what money is changing hands these are the things that you need to start start looking into but yeah do you want to get into the weird comments now? Yeah, this is actually a great time to segue into some of the weird comments that I've gotten on TikTok since from basically promoting and putting little little like snippets of this series on TikTok because they've been fun. Yes. <laughs> Every day is a journey on there in my comment section right now. So, of course, we're getting the regulars, you know, mm-hmm. what we would assume. 
Bush did 9-11. Yep. Which, I mean, y'all have given Bush and Cheney too much Way credit. Way too much credit. In those comments. You think... Yeah. Bush... No. I don't know if I can put the clip in of what he said. If I can't, I'll put it in a short this week. Of him, the biggest blunder happened last year. The biggest... Have you seen that clip of him? Which one? I'm going to play it for you. Okay. I'm going to play it for you. If we can't put it in, it'll be in a YouTube short. And also, shout out to... um. The shoe thrower. Oh. Hope to see you on Twitter sometime. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Iraq. Anyway. Um, 75. Uh. And they laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I screamed. That makes me want to throw up. How many people died in Iraq? Not just, like, Dude, the civilians. Am- yeah, the amount of people that we killed in, in the Middle East. And it's a joke. Oh, Iraq too. Yeah. And, and we're not even, I mean, the attacks alone, like, let's say this was done by these people. First off, we attacked the wrong country. Second off, um... Like, it was an extremist group. A small extreme. We're going to get into Al-Qaeda. We're going to talk about, we are going to talk about the hijackers. I literally just bought this book this week. We are going to dive into it because... We went to war with the wrong people. And so all we are doing is oh, putting gas on the fire. We have put gas on the fire. And like, yeah. Yeah. So back to, I think. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think the commenters are giving Bush and Cheney way too much credit. I they're, The next comment that you get is the CIA did it. Well, you know, maybe. I would give them more credit than I would give Bush. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I, they at least knew. They at least knew something. You mm-hmm. know, from what we've looked at, they at least had names of terrorists that were in known terrorists in our country um inside job of course one of the top comments yes um, yeah that i'm stupid 9-11's an inside job hello yeah everybody um, knows it's an inside job hello why Crazy. would you even why would you even look into it don't even don't even look then i will have this quote this one was a good one this one happened i think a couple days ago there were no planes do you have a picture of a plane after the fact do you believe pennsylvania 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 yeah. <laughs> Flight went underground. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Laughing face emojis. Do you know what a plane is made out of? (laughs) Like, it's not paper. I'll give you that. It's not paper. But it's not... Okay, so when you go to fly, (laughs) there's a few things that you have to have. You have to have thrust, you have Mm -hmm. to have lift, and you're always going to have drag, right? In order to maximize the amount of lift that you can get, the best way to to maximize your lift is to minimize your mass, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a factor of drag. Um, so in order to do that, they are not making planes, um, out of hardcore steel no, or cast iron. Viscer- we're eviscerated. Yeah, it's aluminum. Saw, if you go to the 9-11 memorial, you can see pieces of these planes. You can see scraps of them. It's little, mm. literal. I saw a window, not the, not the plastic part, the metal ripped out window of American 11. Mm. You can go and physically see these things. Yeah. And did did Flight 93 go underground? No, no. it was <laughs> almost entirely destroyed in the middle of the field. There's a whole I've been to that field. There is a crater still where that plane was. 
The planes were real, the victims were real, <laughs> and the terrorists were real. What we're trying to figure out is what all led up to it and the events afterwards. We just not... the history. I'm yeah. just looking at the history of 9-11. <laughs> it's not supposed to be this huge controversial thing. We're just looking into it. Agree, don't agree, move on. Um, United 93 was shot down by F-16s. Um, somebody said that, that it was shot down. We made up the story to make ourselves feel better, I guess. Um, I've heard that. I've heard that once or twice. That is so disrespectful. I think, and you know what? I think our government did something really disrespectful with United ninety three. We'll talk about it next time. But our military tried to say that they were going to, um, they they had them in their sights, and they never would have reached their target. They would have shot down United ninety three because they had those F sixteens up. Um, the nine eleven commission report looked into it, and no, by the time those F sixteens got up into the sky, United ninety three was already down in that field mm-hmm. so and you are you are spitting in the faces of the brave people that actually took control of that plane again like and knew yeah knew, like they weren't going to make it mm-hmm. so that always that the united 93 thing always upsets me because it's like no it was real it was not shut down by our government it would not have been shut down by our government they saved people's lives i've also gotten there was no airport security at all before 9 11 none none we, are, <laughs> we just we just photos of the terrorists going through setting off metal detectors whatever else what the issue was was not not the lack of security it was the lacks of security and what i mean by that is that they were able to take box cutters cutters with four inch blades onto a flight it that's that's more of what we're talking about. We're not talking about the fact that there was no airport security because we can both remember the airport security. There I was airport could, security. I remember you could bring as much luggage as you wanted on planes. Yeah. And that I used to have a suitcase as a teenager, well, almost a teenager, I was still young, that I would carry with just my boots in them. Because, yep. like, I had a bunch of shoes. But, yeah. Yeah, you could just take whatever. brat. You could take whatever. Yeah. Um, there was, oh, this is a quote, Sorry. An AI-generated faces. They don't exist. Winky face emoji. Such faces can be generated by the public in 2022. You can imagine what the CIA and FBI can do years ago. We got to get our tenses correct here, first yeah. and foremost. But, like, yeah, we can do it in 2022, but have you have you looked at AI-generated faces? I'm going to send you a couple pictures oh, of them. Oh, yeah, they're terrifying. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't look right. There's a thing called the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> And I have a whole theory about why the Uncanny Valley exists, but we won't get into that. Um, and it's where if it's you if you look at something that looks human but isn't human, you know it's not human. You know mm-hmm. for a fact it's not human. And to me, that's a survival instinct, but I'm not going to get into that. Well, he, yeah. we, the skinwalkers, Wendigos, yeah. Marcus is all about that. I also believe my cat's a skinwalker. It, it is. It is. <laughs> he just he's forgotten how to get out of his cat form, so he's just stuck as a little kitty cat. Um, this one I thought you would like. This is the last one. I can see you're already already pumped about it. This has been Marcus's theory. <laughs> they didn't know their mission till last minute. <laughs> That's my theory. Don't steal my theory, okay? That's mine. I'm gonna they patent were back that. in their board shorts. <laughs> yeah. and getting on the flight. They all got on the plane and then they sat down, looked at each other, checked their uh, um their the date, date on, on the watch, watch and was like Oh, no. It's today. <laughs> they almost missed their flights. They had suitcases packed, ready to go. I don't get it. All right. So um, we're just about to wrap it up. But I think that it would be um, in poor taste to leave out uh, the last conspiracy 
and it's the conspiracy that I have. Oh. And it's that it would be a lot harder to fake a plane hitting the Pentagon. We were talking about this just a second ago. Mm-hmm. Than it would be to just have a plane hit the Pentagon. <laughs> That's true. Um, looking at the on the exterior, like I was telling her, um, there's a bunch of branches and half a tree is down. Uh, the light poles are down. Um, when I talk about light poles, I'm talking about street lamps. I'm not talking about like just like the solar powered ones you get from Walmart. I'm talking like heavy duty things. And one of them was only missing one of the metal foot pegs on it. So to think like, and a truck. Oh yeah. And the truck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I completely forgot to tell you about the truck. There was a big old transport truck on the highway and it's back end got ripped off of it by the plane. Um, so to think like, okay, we need a cover up team to hit a truck, take one of the footrests off of, (laughs) off of a light pole we need to take, just nick another one and then knock down three more, cut a tree in half, and spread its branches all over. But they'll say the missile did it. But if the missile did it, so there's a thing with missiles, um, and typically if it's going to impact something, it wouldn't have been an airburst. Because if it was an airburst, there's different types of missiles. The first one, let's talk about airburst. If Airburst is really, really effective, especially if you're over top of a trench. Mm-hmm. Because it explodes in the air, and then not only are you dealing with the shrapnel coming out of the, the thing, um, you're also dealing with the, the pocket of air that's going to come down and probably crush your lungs and your heart. Um, and you're going to get two of those if you're outside of the trench. Um, that's why we dropped uh, the nukes at 1,900 feet, because it was a really, really strong explosion because of that. Speaking of horrific things. Yes. Like the second kind, this is just, you know, is like variable timing. Um, variable timing would kind of account for hitting the tree, but it would not account for getting through a few layers of the building before it exploded, which uh, is yeah. what happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because variable yeah. timing is just supposed to, it hits a few things, like one or two things, and then mm-hmm. it's done. Also, looking at the wingspan, because that guy we were just watching, and we really have to watch that video with you guys. It would be, oh my gosh. Um, he was talking about the wingspan. Um, missiles don't have a wingspan like that of a commercial aircraft, which is mm-hmm. around, what do you say, 130-something feet. Um, but, coincidentally enough, <laughs> the light poles were about that far apart that were leading up to the thing, um, up to the Pentagon. So, yeah, little crazy dinks here and there. But a plane hit the Pentagon. Um, a lot of people died. It's very, very upsetting. Mm-hmm. And we are not trying to argue that one way or, the, one way or another. No. Uh, but I think that there might have been something else going on. So, oh. yeah. What do you think might have been going on? Um, I don't think it was the uh, $23 trillion thing. Um, $2.3 yeah, trillion. Two, yeah, $2.3 <laughs> trillion. Not that yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. What do yeah. you think? Everybody has a couple trillion laying around. Um, in my opinion, the whole thing, I think, was just kind of... Yes, it was a massive attack. And yes, we attacked the wrong people afterwards. Mm. Um, but when in the beginning and you were talking about the, the FBI, one of the informants was living, living with, them. with them. To me, that just screams that there is something wrong. There's something very wrong. And I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I know there's something real fishy about it. Yeah, the whole um, thing is weird. Yeah, so... But that's that's about all I got to say about that. Yeah, same. No, yeah, I know. Like it's um, it's upsetting. It's disgraceful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And things that were said in the commission that we'll get into are just horrendous too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. So next week we're gonna be looking at United ninety three, a possible fifth plane, and a few other things. Oh, next next week. I keep doing. Yes. That. 
next next week, next week because we yeah the country calls this and i must answer us. and if you ever want to hang out with us yeah and, and yeah you're yeah. back in the military yep it happened it happened <laughs> <laughs> I did not shave my hair because of that. I shaved it. We didn't oh, address yeah. that once. We didn't address that at all. Marcus nope. is bald. I'm bald. Whoops. Yeah. Um, but I did not shave my head because of that. I shaved my head because it was very annoying and very, very hot for what I was doing for work. But if you were on our Patreon, you would already know that because we go live every week on there and vibe. And there's additional content on there. So if you ever want to hang out, make sure you come join us over there. We always have it linked down below. But yeah, until next time, this 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 is all I got, I think. This is about it. All right. Hey, thank you guys so much for watching. Yeah. Bye.